Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. What's up, Ash? What is going on? What is up? Um, let's see. In my life, well, we're going to talk all about it. Uh, I had an athlete step on stage, which is the topic of our podcast today. Even though I know we said last week we were going to do um, eating disorders, we kind of told a little fib, but not really, because we decided we want to bring a really special guest on with us and we'll release that at a different date. But um, I'm trying to think of something exciting other than putting another athlete on stage this past weekend. Um, I got really nothing. had a really good poop today. I mean, that's great. Um, but yeah, and actually my like pumps have been really, really good in the gym. Surprisingly. Um, I think because I've decided to wait a little bit longer before I train after I eat, um, works better for me. Like I was like a big on 60 minutes and now I'm closer to like an hour and a half, almost two. Um, you know, when you get a little heavier in your off season, um, takes a little longer to digest. Uh, so that's been going well. Like my pumps are just insane at the moment. And I'm like, geez, you know, and I'm, you know, a little bit more healthy on that, that aspect, but how are you? How is life? How was the past week for you? Good, good. I had an awesome leg day. Um, normally I do my leg days with Eric cause he can like brutally like mutilate me with his words and it really helps me, but I slept like absolute dog shit on Saturday night into Sunday when I would have trained and I was like fat chance of that. So I, you know, focused on just like resting and having fun with Eric on Sunday. And so then I went and trained legs this morning um, by myself and I don't know what it was, but I killed it. Like I pushed myself so hard. Like this drop set that I had on my leg press, like, ain't nobody stopping me like it was just nasty um but I think what helped is I created a playlist um since Eric uses my airpods during training because I don't really need music to train but I had it this time and literally the playlist is called men chanting and it's literally just different songs of like men chanting as the playlist name implies I pulled stuff from like Skyrim Halo um some stuff from like Lord of the Rings where it's like just men doing their thing. And let me tell you, I don't know what it is, but that shit just kept me so focused and dialed in that like I controlled the weight, you know, I ignored and blocked out all the other bullshit and I just went to work and it was awesome. God, I love that for you, dude. Yeah. Like I think, so I can listen to anything, but I have to be like listening to something. Like I can listen to country music, which I know is like weird. I can listen to like that. But yeah, I can listen to like the fucking Frozen soundtrack and be like, oh yeah, dude, like my fucking panties are wet while I'm lifting. Like I love this shit. So yeah, dude, but maybe your new thing now is going to be stealing those fucking AirPods back and lifting with fucking men chanting. Maybe. There's this one, Um, I'm obsessed with Disney music, not like the new Disney, obviously, but like old Disney classics. But I found a metal version of I'll Make a Man Out of You, like oh, the Mulan song. Send it to me. Yeah. It, oh. These fucks went harder than they needed to go on this song but let me tell you when you hear it like you just want to like go invade a small country like it just amps you up so much like you don't even need alphagen like the pre-workout from morphogen like you could just go um but it was awesome i had like such a great lift 
Yeah, and I'm doing good. Athletes are doing good. Um, we paid $1,500 for this structural engineer to crawl under our crawl space because we had a hole in our, like in the earth underneath our house and it became a pit. So in other words, it was getting bigger and we were like, oh my God, is our house on top of a fucking sinkhole? Thankfully, no. But what happened is our house was built in like the sixties, I think. And so what they did is they decided to build our house on top of a septic tank. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. So yeah, obviously nice. as that like erodes and shit and they put sand over top of it, it like started to erode away. So literally the foundation of my house is built on someone else's shit. Love that. Wow. The shit house. <laughs> the shit house. Love that. So yeah, we're going to have to have someone fill our shit pit and. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Fill it with more shit. So you don't have a basement then, no? No, just crawl space, which is like the the stupidest design that you could have designed, in my opinion. Basements are stupid. I mean, they're cool, but they're stupid when they flood. Like they just sometimes become more problems. But I guess having a sinkhole is a problem too. So it's not a sinkhole, it's a shithole. Shithole, right. Yeah. I mean a shithole just sounds like a fucking problem, right? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it's a lot cheaper than having to put in a $20,000 pier if it was a sinkhole or having to cash in on our homeowner's insurance and being out of our house. Yeah. Just buy a boat, sit in your sinkhole with your boat. Or shithole. Yeah, your shithole. <laughs> God, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, um, so we are going to do a recap of my athlete, Amber, her prep, um, which is super exciting. We had a really good show this past week. So you guys are probably going to hear a lot of me talking, um, which I don't know. I don't know if that's more unusual or not. Are you more the chatty one or me? I think it's, I think it's situational. Yeah. I think it's like definitely like topic dependent because there are some things that you know a lot more about. And there are some things that are like, I know more about. So I think it'd be good for me to like, obviously talk and ask the questions it's like you were the one that like did the prep yeah dude so let's like fire away um one thing i will say um first and foremost was this was amber's first npc show um she did the muscle contest in san diego um last weekend the 16th so september 16th that was very exciting for us um and just a reminder that I live in Ohio and she lived in San Diego. So everything we did was a three hour difference, which was new and different for me, but super, super awesome. It's actually, honestly, um, kind of worked out a little bit better for me because I was already up by the time she was up, which is great. Absolutely. So kind of diving in, what did you do for like the preliminary work when it came to like pre-prep? Cause, cause for those of you that don't know, it, it shouldn't go like this, even though it's very common to go like this. You don't just like sign on with a coach and be like, Hey, I'm ready for a prep 20 weeks. Let's go. Like there's a pre-prep before the actual prep. So what did you do for Amber? And like, what did that look like for her? Yeah. If a coach signs you up for prep right away, it's called a red fucking flag. Um, but so Amber came to me last October, um, is kind of when we started working together and then we didn't start her actual prep until, Oh, let's see. April, April 23rd. So the end of April. So in that time, we, we really focused on like pretty much the fundamentals for pre-prep, right? So this is what I consider to be important. First of all, lab work. We need to know a baseline there. We need to know like if thyroid function is optimal, um, you know, where your hormones are at, um, kind of just like look under the hood and, and see what we have going on. So we, the first time we got her labs done, nothing was like super off. Um, but nothing was also super optimal, right? There's a difference. We've talked about that many times in the past in our podcast. So we actually just did some 
work to improve thyroid function. That was like our main thing because we know how downregulated that gets. Um, she was getting consistent cycles. Um, we didn't really do much hormonally wise, sex hormone wise. Uh, we mainly focused on, on thyroid. We knew a lot of it would come when we started increasing her food, um, and decreasing stressors in her life. She was a night shift nurse at, at this time. Um, and we kind of transitioned out of that. So, you know, lab work, which leads me to my next thing, which would be, um, your caloric intake and like, what does your diet look like? Right. So we need to make sure calories are high enough. Um, in her off season from October until April, we got calories up to 2,200 at that point, um, consistently daily averaging, um, which was a good spot for her. She's only five feet tall, right? So she's a little thing. Yeah. So she's tiny. So 2,200 calories was plenty for her. Um, and then like her diet wise, um, she is one of the few people that I have completely on a meal plan and have had on a meal plan, which I am starting to like a lot more for my athletes. Um, I think it goes a lot smoother when you can have more control and people aren't figuring out their macros and sneaking in Reese cups. Um, topic or just not even sneaking. They won't even fucking track them. Oh God. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even want to fucking talk about that. Yeah. Um, so how much cardio was she doing? Um, you know, like I said, we worked on optimizing some things. So we completely pulled cardio. There was none at that point. Um, life assessment, which is what I was talking about was her night shift nurse, um, and schedule. We needed to either switch that or figure out a schedule that was going to be good for her, but she ended up switching to a day shift, um, nursing job, which was great, which was fantastic. It worked out really well. Another thing I like to assess on pre-prep is like, what is your life going to be looking like while you're in prep? You should not be buying a house, moving across the country. Um, you should not have like your own fucking wedding planned. Um, you know, all of these events that yeah, I know you like <laughs> Ash is like laughing, but I'm like, it's serious. People will be like, oh yeah, like I am going to get married in, you know, either like the middle of my prep or like two weeks after my prep. Like that's, Bro, that is not a good look. That is not like you will look emaciated in your wedding dress. Yeah. Or, you know, even if it's like two weeks after your prep, like you're going to fuck up your reverse and like it's downhill from there. Um, so I like to do a life assessment. It's like, Hey, like, what are we doing? Like, is there a lot of big vacations planned? Like, do you plan on going to Europe for two weeks? Cause that's not a good time to prep and that's okay. Right. If you have these things planned, like we're just going to adjust, um, mental health assessment is what I kind of call it. Like I'm not doing a mental health assessment cause I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm um, just kind of like where your mental status, like what is your relationship with food? Like, what is the support in your, in your life? Um, how do you feel like, are you constantly always stressed out? Are you, unable to prioritize and manage your time. Like if these are things that are happening, like it's only going to get more intense with prep. So we need to work on that prior to. And then um, lastly for Amber specifically, I just want to throw out there like her starting stats, like where she was. Um, I already mentioned her caloric intake, which was what the 2,200 calories average daily. Um, she had zero cardio whatsoever. Um, her weight was 121.2 um, at five feet. So a um, little bit on the, the heavier side, like I said, but we needed to get calories up. Um, she still had like, she still has a lot of muscle density too. So I was okay with, with the 121 as well. Her previous lowest weight when she did a summer shred contest, um, was like 104 was the last time she stepped on that, that stage, which is not NPC. I don't even know what they really judge when you go there. Um, but that was, that was that for her, her pre-prep assessment and and where we started. Sure. So when you were like thinking about, okay, well, sure. Pre-prep checklist is, is finished. How did you go about picking a timeline? Like, were you like wanting this to be like a 20 week prep, 24 week prep, like knowing what you knew about your athlete, 
how are you wanting to design her prep to be as seamless as possible? So for me specifically, I really enjoy longer preps, especially for her, since I did just state her weight was a little bit on the higher side. I knew we had to pull more fat off, um, as well as I like to sit in a spot of like, Hey, what shows are local to you? Where are we at with that? How many shows are there? And she had at, during this fall period, September, October, November, there was like four or five shows that were all within two hours of her. So I was like, cool. So we're either going to go somewhere between 20 weeks and, you know, 24, 26 weeks is what it was. Um, so I like to have that range and not a set date, just in case we kind of get to a point where it's like, are we ready for this show? No cool. We have one in, in three weeks or so. Right. Um, so I knew I wanted to pick a little bit longer for her as well. And I knew I wanted to implement refeeds and diet breaks, um, because I do think those are extremely beneficial and just working with her in the off season. Um, I kind of knew that like we were going to lose weight pretty quickly. And then I wanted to make sure that we were still keeping health at a top priority. So I wanted to plan in those refeed days as well as plan in um, that diet break somewhere throughout the middle, because 20 weeks can be a little bit hard on the body and psychologically as well. So when we have a longer prep, um, I, I usually anticipate as long as things are going well, a diet break. So that is why I picked that, that longer um, period of time. Sure. So for those maybe that are unaccustomed to what a diet break or what a refeed is, can you kind of talk about Amber situation specifically. So how long did you guys go? Like, what was your initial, you, you say your initial calories were 2,200. What was your initial cut? And then when did you decide that, okay, Hey, it's time to like, give you a D a diet break or a refeed. And how did you go about like estimating, like how much she needed for those refeeds or diet breaks? So <laughs> very, very person dependent, like we said, but since we are focusing on Amber here, most of the, the time when I was planning to do a diet break, um, I was going off her progress, right? Like how quick are we losing weight? How low are calories getting? How hard are we pushing? So for her specifically, um, we definitely dropped I dropped her calories right off the rip, like pretty, pretty intensely. I updated her meal plan. Um, we went right down to, so we were at 22. We went right down to like 1900. Um, I wanted to get things quick. I wanted to go fast. I wanted to see how we would respond. And we steadily st dropped weight there for, for quite some time. Um, and then about, so we started in April 23rd. So then we were about 10 weeks in. So halfway point, um, is when we had our diet break on end of June. So like 625, um, at that point, um, for her, her weight was, let me look it up exactly. Cause I don't want to give you guys the wrong information. Um, at that point we were sitting at only, 114. So we only came down about seven ish pounds. And th these are average weights. It's not like that just day was like, oh yeah, like, Hey, she was 114 that day. Like, no average for the whole week. We know weight can fluctuate. So we were down six pounds. Um, cardio was kind of getting a little bit at the higher point. And I was like, all right, psychologically, she verbalized that she was stressed. Um, she was just like, dude, like I am just going through it. I feel it. And in this meantime, when I said like right off the rip, we started from 19, we got pretty low right before that, that diet break, I would say we were probably closer to like 1475, which I know is like low. And we only lost six pounds in that time, which is fine. I wanted to continue to maintain, um, more of a less cardio 
approach, um, harder dieting approach as well as why? Um, Sorry to interrupt, but like, why did you decide to like lessen her cardio? And what does high cardio mean? Just for people that have no idea of what mm -hmm. a contest prep could look like for especially a smaller girl. Yes. So my biggest concern for her was inflammation. Um, I did not want her to get inflamed. I did not, since she is shorter, I wanted to make sure that digestion was on point, even though with lower food, I know that's hard to do. Um, but I did not want to implement a whole bunch of inflammation on her little physique and have her waist blow up or have like a lot of, of, like I said, like that inflammation. And because she is so tiny that like, when you have inflammation, you can look like you weigh 10 pounds more rather than when you're a little bit taller. Um, I personally think it's, it's a little bit easier to hide, you know, massive amounts of inflammation, um, because she does have like only a five foot physique. Right. So for me, my main goal was like, Hey, let's not stress you out with, with cardio. Let's make, see if that can help with, with digestion. And since I said her calories were pretty high for being at five foot, I knew we could push with food and pull it back a lot more. And I was like, ah, you know, coming from like no cardio to implementing cardio. And for me, like high cardio can mean anything that's over an hour. In my personal opinion, I think that gets pretty long for people. I don't normally track in hours. I know we have a whole separate, uh, podcast on cardio. So listen to that if you guys haven't, um, because we talk about ways to track it and my preference is active calories. Um, but I do have them put in there how long it takes them to complete those, um, active calories. So I can kind of be like gauging, like, Hey, are you like laissez faring this or not? So for her at this point, like we were probably only at, um, let me look. Um, oh yeah. So here we were at, you know, 30 minutes of, um, five days a week at fasted cardio. So it wasn't anything crazy. Then we went into her diet break. We only did two sessions of cardio and those were at 20 minutes. So we came down. Um, like I said, we braked her, we brought up to 1700 calories from the 14 that we were at. So we fed her a lot that week. Um, and then after that, things just started getting spicy, which I like, right. Um, for her, like we talked about the diet breaks, which is increasing calories for a set period of time. So we did it for a whole seven days. Um, at that point towards the end, like day six, day seven, she was like, oh man, it's hard to get this food down. I'm feeling it. Like it's a lot. I'm like, cool, we're done. That's it. Um, refeeds is when you just have like one to two days where you, you know, increased calories again, just in a smaller period, but usually during the, the diet breaks, you decrease cardio as well. Right. Um, luckily for her in our progress, we never really stalled. We never hit that plateau which I was very, very grateful for because that is extremely common. So her, we were steadily dropping. It just wasn't as quick as I, I anticipated. Um, I thought we were going to be ready, more ready at, you know, the six week out mark because we were planning for a 20 week prep. And I was like, we'll be ready by six. My honestly to God, my plan was to reverse her in the show. And that did not happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's on, it preps unpredictable, right? But we never stalled. So we never plateaued. It was just a lot slower than I anticipated. Sure. So for her refeeds, like what were you looking at as a coach when it came to implementing those refeeds and how many, like, did you, I guess, like, how did you go about figuring out like maybe how much she needed to like either fill back out or wash off the tea? Like, what were you looking for as her coach? So first and foremost, like the first refeed we did, it's, it, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like a trial and error, right? I wanted to see how far we can push it to make her look a little bit more full but she wasn't as lean. So it was kind of hard to tell like fullness wise, like during that point, but I wanted to see like, 
Did we drop weight? Did we rinse fatigue? How are your pumps after these? So for her, when we started implementing refeeds, it was like, Hey, can you send me pictures the next day? I just want to see, right. And monitoring data points. Um, the biggest for me was monitoring, um, her fasted blood glucose, which would drop after we did refeeds. So I knew like psychologically cortisol's dropping inflammation's automatically dropping. Um, so that was a good indicator that those were the right choices to make. Right. Um, so to answer your question, like how much do we do? I, um, we were so far out when we started doing them. So we did the diet break at 10 weeks. I started doing refeeds around probably two weeks later after that. So around eight, um, eight weeks out. And I started with, um, one, one day a week just to see, see the next day, see how we responded, um, see the, the body response, see if we continue to drop more weight. And if we looked better, right. Cause weight's not the only thing, right. We want to see if we look better. She would tighten up every single time. Um, so I played it more on the safe side. Like I said, I didn't want to go to a point where it was like too much. And then it was like, she stored that as fat and we couldn't get it off. So then after that week, seven, week six, I was like, all right, cool. Let's try two days. And I would either try and give her a little bit more food. And then the next day kind of see where we are at. Did we look better? Did we look worse? Right. If we looked worse, I'm like, Oh God. Yeah, no dude. Like can't push that much. That's fine. So which all of these things are extremely beneficial when it comes to peak week, right? Because then, you know, like this is all data that you collect during, and you can even maybe do it in your off season, like kind of seeing how people respond to free meals and whatnot. Um, but for Amber specifically, it was, um, Hey, like let's start with, you know, 60 carbs, see how you feel after that. See how you feel up. Are your pumps getting better? Are you responding well? How was digestion? Was it too much? Did our waist not look tight? Like these were all things that I were looking for after a refeed 60 carbs. You look better. Great. Next week, let's try 75, not looking so hot. Let's drop you back down. Right. And when I say that we started refeeds at eight weeks out, there was a few weeks too, where we needed to push hard and she did not get those refeeds. Like it wasn't like, Oh yes, I'm getting a refeed every week. Let me look forward to that. That doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yep. I think that's really good that you explained it that way. So obviously like four weeks out kind of starts to be like the final hour. Like you have one month left to really pull this shit out of your ass for the final package. So what were her starting stats looking like four weeks out? And then what were any like adjustments that you started to make as her coach, whether it was like micro adjustments or macro adjustments when it comes to like her entire programming? Four weeks out, um, we started at 109 pounds. So we significantly dropped five more pounds um, since her diet break. So that was, you know, five weeks, five pounds. Not bad, right? Um, you know, it's about a pound a week. It's average when you get that low. Um, but I knew still being five foot, I'm like, we got shit to do, right? Like I wanted you tighter. Um, so at that point, um I started increasing cardio a little bit more, um, steadily throughout the, the, the five weeks we did it, but she got up to 650 active cows times six sessions at four weeks out. And that was taking her about an hour to do. Um, so we were at an hour of cardio, um, calories got pretty low at this point. Um, we were pushing at like 1100 some of the days, um, with a refeed here and there. But like I said, she didn't get that every day. Um, like I said, for her specifically food got pretty low, even like, so we're at four weeks and then three week three, we pushed really hard. But during this time, um, we also pulled out, um, any additional condiments that she was doing. We were limiting artificial sweeteners. So that includes like 
her diet sodas that she would have once a day. Um, we weren't, you know, people like to put a bunch of shit on their food and that's fine. Even though she was on a meal plan, she wasn't someone that was definitely abusing it. Um, like I've seen in the past, like people will get down to like, okay, cool. I'm going to eat like my chicken, my rice and my green beans, but I'm going to put, you know, 10 pounds of G Hughes sugar-free barbecue sauce. Right. And that's fucking calories or, um, Oh, what's like a zero calorie dressing? Oh my God. Like I did it. Modern farms bullshit. Yes. yes. That fucking syrup and shit. I did that. And it's like, oh yeah, it's all zero or like massive amounts of hot sauce. Like granted, it's not a lot of calories, but when you're putting a whole bottle of it on your Bro, shit. When you're five foot and you're eating 1100 calories, though, let those like free calories are not free. Those shit add up. Like the only, like, you need to get ahead of your hunger. You're chewing ice at this point. Like Oh yeah, dude. But like your iron probably sucks too. So you probably crave ice anyways, um, <laughs> different times. But, um, so at four weeks out, like I said, so her starting stats were 109.4. Um, we got tighter with her meal plan. Um, I swapped foods at this point too. I switched some of her veggies. I switched to asparagus, which is, you know, they say is a, a diuretic sparing food essentially. Um, so trying to get some water weight off with just asparagus, which guys, if you're listening to this, don't go start eating a whole bunch of asparagus. It's really not going to make the end of the world. Right. Um, so also too, at this point, we started doing multiple day check-ins per week because again, being that small, I needed to monitor fatigue. And since I put her cardio at 650 active cows times six sessions fasted in the morning on top of her four days of training, training till failure, um, and only being like 1100 calories, I needed to monitor fatigue extremely close. I would have her, Hey, can you, she checks in on Sundays. I was like, Hey, can you send me a picture on Thursday? Can you send me them on Friday? Can you send me them at night at the end of the day? I need to see the morning tonight to see like, after we do all of our cardio, after you're going through your day as work, as like a nurse, like, where are we at? Right. So we started doing multiple day check-ins too, which just also goes into the you know, alignment with like when we did have those refeeds, if I could see like, Hey, what did you look like after meal two, after meal one, um, after the gym and things like that. So at four weeks out, typically also two for my athletes, Amber specifically, she was already on a meal plan. So that was easy. I was in control of all of that, but other athletes for prep, it is, I will put them on a meal plan. This is not something I did before, but with the last two athletes that I did put on stage four weeks out, you were eating the same exact foods, um, day in, day out we'll just change the quantity of those foods. Yeah. So question, let's say like she looked really bad after like a session of training and 650 calories, active cardio, what adjustments would you make? If any, if you like got a a physique update and you're like, Oh shit, this is, this is not a good look. So I would pull, I would pull shit. Like Mm -hmm. I would training and I would pull, um, cardio. So usually typically I was like, Hey, check in with me on Friday. I want to see where we're at because I know she trains on Fridays and I know she trains on Saturdays. Like my mm-hmm. athletes fill out spreadsheets. I stalk the living fuck out of them for all of you guys that are listening. So the ones that don't fill them out until the very last day, start filling them out a little bit earlier. Um, but for her, I made it clear like, Hey, you got to fill this out daily so I can monitor the things daily. So I would be like, Hey, like you still have two cardio sessions left for Friday and Saturday. So like, let's pull those. You look inflamed. We're done, you know, or like, Hey, do we have a massive leg day today or tomorrow? pull it, you know? So it was kind of one of those things where we either needed to pull back or I needed to feed her a little bit more too, to kind of get that, um, cortisol dump and like dopamine response, which goes a long way when you're that lean, when you're that depleted, when calories are low and like 
um, exertion is really, really high. Another thing too, I would do is I would manipulate her steps too, um, for each day. So, you know, at some points she was doing 1300 the next time I'm like, Hey, do just go for a walk in the morning, try and keep it under like 9,000. Right. Um, or, you know, I would put in there like specifically like the steps for that day. So those were things that I would do if she kind of looked a little like, eh, not the greatest, you've looked better. Let's pull things back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right on. So now it's like, the week right it is peak fucking week what does like what did her check-in process look like um what were her starting stats of peak week and what were her ending stats and kind of like walk us through like what amber's week looked like leading up to her show so as i mentioned before um with your with her refeeding days um throughout the week i got a really good handle on the fact that like so sunday we would refeed sunday monday sometimes Um, and then I would, you know, have her check in a couple of days throughout the week. And I knew by Friday she would look better. Right. So what does that tell me as a coach that tells me I should front load her because Sunday wait into Monday, weight would go up. She would look a little bit more watery from the extra glycogen that I was giving her. Um, sometimes athletes are different. They look better. They look tighter. It just all depends on the person. So by doing the, doing the refeeds and the diet break and, and whatnot throughout, I was able to gauge like, Hey, so for her peak week, we're going to front load and then we're going to kind of taper those carbs back down. And then I did a Friday a little bit more, but not as high as she was, um, just to get her a little bit more full, right? Like a top off. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, here you go. Like a eh, little, little party top off. Yeah. Those little side of chips. Right. So, um, we did that. So her starting peak week, she, and mind you, four weeks out, she was 109.4. Sunday on September 10th, she was 100.6. So in about four weeks, we pulled off, you know, nine pounds. Um, the show day, she was 97. So peak week, we dropped, another, she was 97.8. So we dropped 2.9 pounds, 2.6 pounds um, within that 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 time frame. So we also during peak week, my, again, main goal was to bring down inflammation. Cardio was high at this point, all the way up until peak week. We were doing that like six seventy five, six days a week, unless I decided we needed to pull a day, but mainly she was still pushing that hard. So peak week came, I refed her on Sunday. I refed her on Monday. Um, calories got do 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 on those two days we were at. So pre peak week, um, for those that that care about data. We were at 940 for her calories per day. We were low. She is small again. Um, for her peak week, we got up to our, for her refeed, our higher peak week, Sunday and Monday days, I should say we got up to 1450. So we refed almost 500 calories on those days. Um, and then we tapered back down throughout the week to 1100, So back to, you know, when she was almost four weeks out um, and kind of just cruised there. And then on Friday gave her that top off, which was only like 1250. So gave her like 150 extra calories, nothing too crazy. Um, But, you know, we continue to drop cardio went from um, Sunday and Monday. Our Sunday was a mandatory rest day. We didn't even train Monday. We dropped to, um, 500. And then honestly, I plan to bring her down pretty steadily. Um, but by Thursday, she still had some inflammation. So I was like, okay, let's just do like 20 minutes Friday, pulled it all. That was it. The end of it. And she came out beautifully 
exactly how we needed to. But she checked in every morning, um, sent over videos during her peak week, checked in every night with me, checked in after meals as well. Um, so we did Friday and Saturday, the same exact meals that she was going to eat, split it into five different meals. We had a meal one and we had a pump up meal before, um, which just consisted of like some juice, um, and a rice cake and some almond butter. So a little bit of fats in there, but that was all we did before we went on. Um, and yeah, I think that answered your questions, right? Did I yeah, I think so. And I'm sure some people are wondering like what food sources were you like selecting for peak week or even just for meal plan in general? Like, like, I know you touched on the asparagus, but like what were some protein sources, some other carb sources, some fat sources? Yeah. Yeah. So I am a person that tries to keep in micros too. Um, her food was very low, so it was very hard, but, um, so her at this point, we had to switch a few things out. She was unable to like tolerate eggs anymore. So we pulled those, which I think are good, but for her protein sources, we had like some turkey bacon in there. We actually did have Greek yogurt, which is surprising that I kept it in. Um, cause it is a dairy, not something I normally do, but she tolerated it well. Um, it was smaller amount. It was like 85 grams a day. Um, ground chicken, ground chicken breast or ground chicken. And then we had regular chicken breast. We had whey isolate protein shake. Um, and then we did have, um, some shrimp in there as well. And then as far as like carb sources, like I said, we did have rice cakes. We did have juice throughout the week, like depending on like when she was training and stuff, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries, um, a lot of rice, jasmine rice is always a good one. I mean, it's easy to digest blueberries, um, asparagus. Um, and then as far as fats go, avocados, coconut oil, um, we did keep in, um, uh, a little bit of almond butter, um, just to make sure she could still like digest that. And then, oh, another thing that I forgot, we had honey as a good carb for the week. Right on, right on. So obviously what were the results? Like after 20 weeks of dieting, cardioing, you know, training, all of these things leading up to the final, like climax, how'd she do? Climax. Yeah. So, um, she did great. She definitely excelled. Um, it was a little bit of a smaller show, which is completely fine. But so since it was her first time competing, we did true novice, novice and open. So true novice is for competitors who have never competed in the NPC before it is, ooh, excuse me, my God, I got a hiccup. Um, and a burp. Wow. She, um, never competed in NPC before. So if you've never done a show, this is your first time you should probably do that one. And then she did novice, which is um, a category for someone who's never won an overall. Um, and then she did open. So open is for anybody. She was all class A in all of those because she's a little, little tiny tot. And um, she took first in all of her classes, as well as for the true novice, she won the overall. Um, so that means out of all the categories, if you're unfamiliar, the categories that we talk about are based on height. So category A, B, C, D, E, F, G, um, depending on how many people are in the show, they'll put you into, yeah, you're like, I'm so tall. Um, <laughs> they'll put you in a height category. Um, and that's like your class. Um, so when I say that she won the overall, that means out of everyone who won first place out of that true novice in all of those height classes, she beat all of them out as well. So that was like the first person for class A, class B, class C, um, she beat all of them and won. So that was her overall one. So with her also placing first and open that nationally qualifies her if she wanted to go on to a national show, um, which is not something that we will be doing right now, um, but in the future. 
Um, but as far as show day, it went really, really smooth. Um, we brought that whole package together, which is something that Ash and I will talk about next week with another special guest about what the whole package means. You know, the suit, the tan, the hair, um, not only the physique, but everything that is necessary and what matters. Um, but yeah, so going to the show, I was very, very optimistic that we were going to do well. I really was. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that turned out that way. I just had like this feeling that we were going to do well. I was confident in the package that she was bringing and the results were in and we won. Absolutely. But what was it like not being there in person also with the time change? Cause again, like I said, like it was a San Diego show, you're rocking it in Ohio. So like three hour difference. So what was it like to not be there in person? And like, how did you gauge like as a coach, like her support system, obviously. Yeah. So this was the second time I put someone on stage, um, that I was not in person with. Um, so second time not being in person. And then my other three, four, four athletes that I've put on stage was all in person. So, um, my first one didn't really know as much as I know now. Um, I'll be honest with you. So it's hard. Um, it's hard not being there in person for several reasons. Um, one, it, you have to be good at really looking at pictures and seeing through like the pixelation, right? Like it's hard to judge. And this is just for any online coach, but when you're that lean, um, it's definitely hard to kind of, you know, there could be fuzzies, there's lighting that's off. It's, it's hard when you're not there in person. And the second reason it's hard too, is not seeing the other competitors on the show, which I know it's like, you should only focus on yours, but for Amber, specifically, she was tottering between, um, could I have pushed more food on show day and made her look a little bit harder, um, added some things in as well as, you know, or, you know, for pushed her for fullness or kept her like, you know, on the harder side, but maybe blurred some lines. When I say blurred lines, mostly talking about her back pose when you're, um, most people have probably heard this is your tie-ins where it's like your glutes go to your hamstrings. Um, I actually sent Ash pictures over of her um, after she had her pump up meal when she was about like before pre-judging, I was like, what do we do kind of thing? Like, should we push for more fullness? Should we stay here? And not being at the show and kind of seeing the other competitors uh, makes it a little bit more difficult again, because Judges based off the show, right? There is obviously specific criteria. There is specific looks. Um, but also too, like if you look like an outlier, typically you might not place as well, right? Um, so for me, that was a little bit harder too, was deciding where we needed to go. Um, but I was very confident with like the level of leanness and the fullness that we had um, without being able to see you know, what was going on the show, who else was there. And without seeing her in person, I was, I was very, very grateful that we brought the package that, that we did and made the judgment calls and like stuck to my gut. Yeah. I think it's one of the best things you can do as a coach is like, yes, you should look at like the other competitors and see like the other packages, but at the same time, at the end of the day, like, you know, your athlete best stick with your gut instinct and try not to let like other people whether it's like other coaches giving you advice or even other competitors and their comparisons like don't let the chatter disrupt you from like what you know in your heart or in your gut as a coach to be like all right this is what this athlete needs and we're just going to own it and mm -hmm. if it is not the right call it's a lesson learned it's not like a necessarily a failure it's okay this is what the results were of this show this is what we're going to do next time. And then again, it's just data and feedback on how to get better both as an athlete and as a coach. And that kind of leads me to my next question. 
obviously she is nationally qualified. She's probably done competing. She wants to be done, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're like, yeah, it's time for an off season. So what's next for you and Amber? Yeah. So um, we talked about it. Like I said, like when we planned these shows out, we had like four shows in a row. What? Right. So halfway through prep, we were still like, yeah, let's do the, the next show in October is three weeks later. And that was like another thing too. That was like, I, that was teetering through my mind. I was like, okay, we'll get the feedback. If they say they want harder, cool. We can bring that in three weeks. Right. Like, you know, ain't, ain't no thing. Right. But um, so we knew we had more shows if we wanted to, but for her, she wanted to end on this note. She wants to get back to living her life. Um, so to speak, she wants to reverse out. She knows that she needs to put on size. We both kind of know that we both know her delts need to be brought up a lot. Um, and we can't do that in a deficit, right? Um, contrary of what a lot of people think, um, you need to be in a caloric, um, surplus, have hormones regulated, um, and not high, high stress, right. With, with cardio and things. So we knew that was next for her. She ultimately, you know, told her to make the decision either way we're going to support her so we are planning our reverse you know she had um a nice meal out on saturday sunday she had her brunch with her family did get some activity of like walking outside and like going cave hunting or cave diving no it wasn't like in the water it was like like steps but like i hate caves so i don't know much about it um and then at night she just had her regular meal um to kind of get back on that um, told her she can have like one treat. That's it. Sorry. I mean, that's all I allow. Um, but so we're going to start reversing, um, in about, I told her anywhere from like eight to 12 weeks is when we'll pull labs again. I know some people will be like, pull labs one week out, like one week push out. Like, I don't fucking understand that. I'm sorry. If you listen to this and you think that's necessary, they're going to be fucked. They're going to be downregulated. There's no point in collecting that data in my personal, maybe if you want to see the progression, but we already know. So, continue to reverse her out. When I say that we will increase calories. Um, we've already brought cardio down about 40% at this point for this week. Um, that was like my biggest thing again. Um, digestion still is in a really good spot. Um, so we will continue to work that up as far as training goes. I actually decreased the volume for the next couple of weeks too. um, total volume load. Um, and we have her training like one to two, um, few failure things in there. But like I said, like my main goal is to get her pretty much back online with getting healthy, getting those hormones regulated, um, putting on some body fat. Cause that is necessary. And then like growing muscle when we get to the point where things are a little bit more regulated, yeah. um, obviously, um, checking sex hormones is going to be a big one. She actually ended up getting her cycle during peak week. Um, but could be, could be phantom, you know what I'm saying? Um, could be, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, so she ended up getting that cycle during her peak week. So I'm very curious to see in a couple of weeks, like where sex home arms are, but that is where we're going next. Um, continuing to grow. And then at some point we'll, we'll prep again, but she is getting married next year. So it won't be any time next year. Um, she will definitely wants to enjoy life. No, for sure. So just like one final question to not necessarily play devil's advocate, but more just out of curiosity, let's say you did want to push for the October show in three weeks, what would you have done as her, as her coach to get her ready? So I had her check in on Monday, which is actually today, even though we really saw Thursdays. But, um, so I had her 
check in today. And, you know, she had the surplus of, of calories here. Um, and surprisingly, um, weight went up a little bit, but she did have a lot of like extra glycogen and things like that. So, um, but she looked a lot better. She looked completely different. Uh, we looked a lot fuller and we actually looked a lot harder too. So with that being said, you know, moving forward, um, I think at this point for her specifically, I would have um, reversed her or started her reverse into this next show. Um, I think she would have done well. I think she would have gotten a little bit harder. I would have started that reverse and kind of see where she went from there. But also too, it's based on the judges feedback. If they liked her look and they said, you know, that was good, bring it to the next one, maybe get a little bit tired, then maybe we do need to push a little bit harder. Right. So for me specifically, I wanted to wait for that judges feedback. But like I said, she looked a lot harder to say she looked um, a little bit better after having um, a lot more fullness too, obviously after having all of those extra calories. Um, so like I said, weight came up, but also too, like, I think I would have reversed her into this next show to be honest with you. Um, but it also depends on that feedback. Like if they were like, Hey, maybe we need to get a little bit tighter. Um, you know, it would be a week by week kind of thing, maybe push a little bit harder, but I think reversing her at that point, since she did look better after having like the surplus, obviously, which we know because of glycogen, because the salt, because sodium, all of that great stuff rest, um, plays a role in it as well. But, um, so yeah, you know, if we did push forward, we'd have to take it week by week, but, um, I definitely think we would have started bringing up calories a little bit. Cause I think it would have, she would have responded extremely well. So I'm curious to see how the reverse is going now is for her going to be in a couple of weeks here. Awesome. Well, thanks for that awesome recap. It was really cool to see kind of like what kind of like the play-by-play of the past like 20 weeks of Amber's life. So Amber, if you're listening, girl, you did good. Congratulations to you and your man. Cause he also competed at the show with her. Yes. I stalked both of them. Yes. I screamed when I saw them on lives. Um, but Ash also congratulations to you with, you know, your nationally qualified athlete and bringing Amber in how you did. Thank you. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really happy for her and her boyfriend as well. He won um, the true novice overall as well. So they're both like true novice overall champs, which is really cool. You guys are a fucking power couple. I could never prep with my boyfriend at the same time. So God bless, but really good show. I'm really happy with the results and thank you. Right on. All right, guys, next week we have Miss Jasmine Jeffrey from the owner of Compaq, which is a store based in the UK that sells all your competition needs when it comes to your shoes, your jewelry. I believe they also sell some posing trunks, but don't quote me on that because I'm not entirely sure. But she knows quite a lot about kind of polishing the end look of show day. So she's going to be coming on talking about all things like show day for like the females. And maybe we can even touch on the males if we have time, but especially the females when it comes to your hair, your makeup, your skin tone for your tan, your jewelry, like what to wear, what not to wear, some things to consider. Like, honestly, when I heard her speak, she even talked about the the measurement between your earlobe and your freaking like collarbone when it came to your earring length. So like some really good things that you should consider, whether you're a first time athlete or even if you're a seasoned one and you really want to make sure your look is polished. But until next time, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Adios.